On this edition of the Super Hits Podcast, we're talking about Nasty by Janet Jackson and its fantastic music video. Let's do it. Hello, friends. I'm Jamie C, a.k.a. Megamix.com on all the social medias and at Megamix.com. And I'm here with my co-host, The Slip Man. Slip with five eyes. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing all right. And yes, I am The Slip Man. And I am, uh, as always, (laughs) always excited about uh, a tune that you have picked to review this week. I enjoy jumping all over the intros on you on these ones. I'm doing it on purpose uh-huh. just to just to just to get you off your game, pal. Uh, yeah, as you said in the uh, intro to the show that you do so well every week or every 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 few days, <laughs> we are talking about Janet Jackson's nasty. And I, you know, I went back and forth and I thought about how to frame this. And I, I didn't want to frame it this way to start, but I think it's important to talk about. So I'm going to frame it this way right out of the beginning in the background. Let's get started. So it's uh, February 1st, 20, uh, 2004. Uh, we're at Ryan Stadium in Houston, Texas for Super Bowl 38. Uh, the New England Patriots lead the Carolina Panthers 14 to 10 after two quarters of play. And it's, uh, it's time for the halftime show, big man. Uh-huh. So we get Jessica Simpson off the start. Uh, that's lame. We get an appearance by a couple of marching bands. But then uh, Janet Jackson takes center stage. She runs through her uh, awesome 2001 number one hit all for you. Uh, then we get uh, a downgrade with P. Diddy and Nelly, who take over for a little bit. Kid Rock smarms his way onto the show, too. He performs a few of his shitty songs. And then uh, Janet again takes over. She rips through a swanky rendition of her 1989 number two hit, Rhythm Nation. And at this point, Justin Timberlake slides in, and he and Janet debut on his hit uh, duet. Sorry, not debut. They duet on his hit, Rock Your Body. Uh, as the song reaches the final line, which is I'm going to have you naked by the end of the song, Timberlake pulls off a part of her costume and the world almost comes to an end. Oh. Now, I'm not going to run down the details. We all know what we're, what we're referencing. Uh, I got to say that being in, in Canada, honestly, being Canadian and, and witnessing this at the time, I mean, this was fairly tame. In Canada, it was really a non-issue. Looking back, only there was only about 50 complaints about this incident filed to the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council. But in the U.S., man, this was this was huge, and I, I really think that the most important part of this is the aftermath. Um, the backlash was swift; it was painful. Uppity losers, boomer trash, all screamed in decent exposure. The religious right, apop- apoplectic, right? Uh, the media, of course, as always, fueling the fire. Uh, and you know, of course, Janet's the one that took the brunt of the backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to note, big man, that um, right before the second half started, a streaker ran on the field at the Super Bowl in a thong, and that dude, you know what happened to him? Uh-huh. He got a he got a fine. <laughs> um, Janet Jackson's career, arguably never the same. Mm-hmm. Her whole career, she had her music banned on CBS and MTV because Les Moonves was, you know, got his panties in a bunch. Well, or someone else's, his employees' panties. Yeah, as probably as we've learned. Uh, she was removed from presenting at the Grammys. She lost a movie role. And, you know, honestly, the punishment continued to be meted out over the following years. I don't know if that documentary's come out yet or if it's coming out. I, I'm, I'm not super, like, dialed in on, on some of these things. But there's a, I would implore anybody to watch it when it comes out because it looks like it's going to address, you know, how this affected Janet. And I don't want to be the, the one to speak about it. So uh, please, um, you know, seek that on your own. But I will say, I mean, Tim, Justin Timberlake... 
I mean, that dude didn't miss a beat after this. No, like, he, not a beat. No, his. Uh, I mean, he was already kind of ascending, but like that rocket really took off after this. It really did. Uh, and I mean, let's not beat around the bush. As a black woman, I mean, Janet Jackson, she really stood no chance. Was that human Muppet Justin Timberlake going to have his career derailed over this? No. <laughs> uh-huh. I wanted to start this episode out with the with the Super Bowl debacle because Janet Jackson was a star of the highest magnitude. I mean, and to see her strung out to dry like this was was something else. Mm-hmm. And I think it really puts a spotlight on the double standards that are you know that exist in society. And I'm not the guy that you know my voice isn't the one that should be talked about. But this is our platform, and this is what we're going to say. Um, how do I bring this back to? 1986 and Janet's, you know, hit single nasty. Um, I'm not sure I've nailed the landing here, um, <laughs> but I think that there's a parallel to be drawn between the the, early, the point early in her career and how it came crashing back to earth 18 years later that, you know, it, it's got that, you know, nasty kind of feel with the, what she was railing against back in 1986. So let's just take a closer look at the song. Janet had fired her father as her manager after two albums that really did nothing. Uh, getting out from under that wing must have been a monumental task in and of itself. <laughs> uh, but now she had the chance to stake her own claim in the pop world. Uh, her new manager, John McClain, introduced her to the songwriting and production duo Jimmy James Jimmy Jan Harris Beautiful. and Terry Lewis. Love it. Uh, yeah. They began drafting Control, uh, crafting Control, Janet's breakout third album. Uh, Control would go on uh, to sell 10 million copies worldwide. Um the album's second track was nasty, and it uh, came to be the, the idea for this song after an incident that I'll let uh, Janet describe from an interview that I pulled from somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's out there. Uh, she says, walking out of a hotel, there were like five or six older guys standing up against a wall, and they basically started catcalling us, Jackson said. I was pretty embarrassed, and I was actually pretty upset, she said, and I came back to the studio that night and told Jimmy and Terry about my experience, and it turned into the song Nasty. Um, she also told Rolling Stone in 1993, the danger hit home when a couple of guys started stalking me on the street. They were emotionally abusive, she said. I took a stand. I backed them down. That's how songs like Nasty and What Have You Done For Me Lately were born out of a sense of self-defense. Uh, musically, Jimmy Jam said he built the melody for the song around a sound from his then-new Mirage keyboard. He said this. He said, it had a factory sound that was in there. More of a sound effect type sound, he recalled. I've always been... And probably from being around Prince, interested in using unorthodox types of things to get melodies and sound. That was very unmelodic type of sound, but we found a way to build a melody around it. So there's my Prince reference. Boom! You did it. Yes, early on too. Uh, Nasty is an angry, in-your-face banger. Uh, It's built on a raucous musical bass. It pounds away as Janet almost spits the lyrics at you. Um, But we'll take a look at the lyrics in a little bit. But for now, let's take a look at some uh, quick, uh, quick facts and stats about the song. Nasty, of course, recorded in September 1985 at Flight Time Studios <laughs> in Minneapolis, Minnesota, one of our favorite cities in the world, mm-hmm. as part of the, uh, con- the control sessions. Uh, the track is set in common time in the key of F minor, in case you didn't know. Oh, I knew. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> F minor. Good. Hey, listen, dude, it's got a, it's a medium dance groove tempo of 100 beats per minute. Also so, knew that. Yeah. Uh, written and arranged by Janet Jackson, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. The track clocks in at a tight three minutes and 40 seconds. The album version comes in at a perfect 404. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the track was produced by Jam and Lewis and mastered by Brian Gardner. Janet was credited as, as co-producer. Early on, she's got her hands all over everything. The keyboards on this track are credited to Janet herself. In fact, a lot of the piano and keyboard instrumentation on that album were done by Janet as she took control uh-huh. over her art at that point in her career. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I bet you that's the first time anybody's made that connection. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, additional vocals on Nasty were provided by uh, members of the time. Jelly Bean Johnson and Jerome Benton. <laughs> I love it. Along with Jimmy Jam himself and Terry Lewis. Uh, the song was the second single released off Control following What Have You Done For Me Lately. I, I, I say the What Have You Done For Me Lately like I'm singing the song. Uh-huh. What Have You Done For Me Lately, which had hit number four on the Billboard Hot 100. Nasty was released on April 15th, 1986. The 7-inch single has uh, You'll Never Find, open parenthesis, A Love Like Mine, close parenthesis, as the B-side. <laughs> I'll just say it right now. I have the Canadian seven inch uh, mm-hmm. off of AM A&M Records, and yes, those are the two tracks on uh, yeah. my uh, my version. Right on. Uh, there is one of the twelve inches has an extended version of the track as the A side, uh, with an instrumental and an a cappella version on the B side. Another twelve inch has two separate versions of the track: uh, a Cool Summer Mix Part One and Cool Summer Mix Part Two. I've never heard those. I gotta go. I gotta go listen after we're done here because I want to. I want to. I want to hear those songs because I believe that they uh, on the um, on the uh, twelve inch has a special thanks to Herb Alpert. <laughs> I can only assume that means good things. I would agree. You should go do your research after the show is recorded. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as I sit here with my lyrics section completely empty because uh-huh. I ran out of time. I still think this is going to be a this is going to turn out to be a good episode. So, uh, Nasty has shown up on a number of compilation albums, which you know I like to research mm-hmm. uh, over the decades, including uh, one that we might know, Polytel's Big Hits '86. Uh-huh. That would have been available up here. Uh, there was another Polytel compilation called "Dance to the Beat." Uh, in 1987, it was on a compilation called "Keep on Boppin." Mm. And uh, something called Rock and Roll High School colon Class of '88 dash Volume One. Both like keep on bopping and Rock and Roll High School, such outdated terms, even by the late '80s. We saw a lot of that, you know. I, I've always, um, I always maintained, like I remember watching Ferris Bueller and being like, singing the Beatles, like enough, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like this, this whole like the the generation before us just all can't let go. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, as, as we're here doing a podcast about 80s music in, I know right uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm not trying to I'm not, we're not trying to craft the you know yes uh, anyway whatever I don't care <laughs> whatever dude Nasty was featured in the opening scenes of the Moonlighting episode Blonde on Blonde uh, in the fall of 89 NBC aired a pilot movie and later a 13 episode mid-season replacement series called Nasty Boys about, about a group of North Las Vegas undercover cops and their unorthodox methods working on a narcotics unit. That sounds awful. So it wasn't about a tag team? No, I wish it was about a tag team. That, that shoved people's heads in their armpits as a move? Yes. Uh-huh. Nasty sensation, baby. Um, the theme music was uh, Janet Jackson's Nasty, performed by another artist named Lisa Keith. With, uh, Of course, the lyrics would have been changed. Because it's a show about cops. Mm-hmm. So Boo uh, probably uh, it did have a replacement series. It probably did not get picked up for a second season. USA Network used Nasty in a promo for the seventh season of their series Psych. 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 With past snippets from the show, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and, uh, you know, you may recall back in 2016, after uh, Donald Trump referred to Hillary Clinton as such a nasty woman during their third presidential debate, the song rose up 
250% as reported by Spotify. Nice. People checking out nasty after that uh, dink bag uh, called Hillary Clinton a nasty woman. So uh, that is the uh, some quick stats on nasty. Should we talk about the lyrics? Yes. So, uh, again, I left this empty. I ran out of time. But, I mean, uh, you know, it is a um, pretty straightforward song. A lot of repetition. It's it's really a dance track. So it's got a, uh, you know, it's got that 100 beats per minute groove going. <laughs> Jan Jackson talking about how she's thinking nasty thoughts. Um, that you better be a gentleman or you turn her off. Uh, it's really about she doesn't want uh, any uh, any douchebags. She just wants a nice guy. Uh, she doesn't like nasty cars, or I like that she doesn't like nasty food. That's great. <laughs> I think that if this song was written today, yep. it would be called Fuck Boys. Yes, uh, absolutely. So, yes. It really is. You know what? This is, I got to say, lyrically, this is a pretty timeless song. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's got the uh, the iconic line, no, my first name ain't baby. It's Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. That is a classic line as you're going to get in a pop song of all time. Uh, kudos uh, on the writing on that one um, that has endured and uh, yeah so uh, any do you have any thoughts that you want to add on uh, on nasty in terms of the lyrics uh, just that Janet Jackson wrote most of her music which was great uh, yes you know a lot of pop stars obviously have others write their music and I mean she collaborated with uh, <laughs> was it with uh, Terry Jimmy Lewis Jam. and Jimmy Terry Jam Lewis. yeah but wrote a lot of her own music as well which is fantastic and clearly this is written from her perspective. Uh, it's not one of those, you know, you can look back at pop songs, especially in the eighties and you can tell they're written by white dudes, yep. like middle-aged white dudes. This clearly isn't, it's actually got a rawness that is really refreshing for 1986. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that I think that's, that's part of it. I like, uh, she says, I'm not a prude. I just want respect. So she's willing to get nasty as long as she's uh, respected. So yeah, that is the uh, lyrics. Let's talk reception. Do it. Nasty entered the Billboard Hot 100 on May 17, 1986. It debuted at number 74 between a couple of songs. Uh, one that I don't know called Don Quixote by Magazine 60. Okay. And uh, one that I do know by John Mel- uh, John Mellencamp's R.O.C.K. in the USA. Was it John Cougar at the time? or Just John Mellencamp. Okay. That's what it's listed on uh, Billboard, but that may just be what he's calling himself now mm-hmm. because Billboard tends to update their database. So I... Probably was John Cougar Mellencamp at the time. Nine weeks later, it peaked at number three on July 19th behind Genesis's Invisible Touch at number one mm-hmm. and Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer at number two. Whoa. I mean, what a top three big man. I mean, that's uh, for, you know, those of you who don't know, my two favorites. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. So back to back. I mean, my God, mm-hmm. uh, the top three is an all timer. Um, would you like to know the rest of the top ten now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. We got at number four, Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. At number five, Holding Back the Years by Simply Red. We've got uh, a El DeBarge song from the Short Circuit soundtrack at number six, Who's Johnny? Who's Johnny? Yikes. (laughs) Uh, At number seven, another uh, theme from a movie. We got Gloria Love by Peter Cetera. Oh, Jesus. Nice. Yeah, we got uh, Billy Ocean with There'll Be Sad Songs, open parenthesis, to make you cry, close parenthesis. Mm-hmm. <sighs> then we got the uh, Moody Moves, I mean, the Moody Blues, Your Wildest <laughs> Dreams at number nine. Uh-huh. And uh, rounding out the top ten, Rod Stewart with Love Touch, theme from Legal Eagles. Ooh. 
So I would say half of this is monster jams and the rest is garbage. Mm -hmm. The song ended up being ranked number 58 on the Billboard's year-end chart. Nasty also hit number one on the Billboard Hot R&B slash hip-hop songs chart, number six on the U.S. Dance Singles Sales chart, and number two on the U.S. Dance Club Songs chart. Internationally, not a big hit in the U.K., number 19. Uh, Hit number eight here in Canada, Made it to the top 10 in a number of other countries. So a little more popular uh, in the U.S. Nasty was certified gold by the RIAA uh, on November 13th, 1990, with sales over 500,000 copies. Um, I believe that to this date, uh, according to the Wiki, it had sold uh, about 750,000 copies. So a big selling single. Uh, more recently, Nasty was named by Rolling Stones as one of the 100 greatest pop songs. It also showed up in VH1's 2003 100 Greatest Songs of the Past 25 Years list and the 2006 list 100 Greatest Songs of the 80s. Great. Uh, From the Wiki, Billboard's reviewer Stephen Ivory called Nasty a hard funk song along with other tracks from Control. Thanks for that review. The review just describes it. It's a hard funk song. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Rob Horberger from Rolling Stone remarked that uh, on cuts such as Nasty, Janet makes the message clear. She's basically a nice girl, but ready to kick some butt if you try to put her on a pedestal. Yeah, I'm not quite sure that's what that was, mm-hmm. but okay. Uh, William Rollman of All Music picked the song as one of the album's highlights, and the website Scene360 comm- commented that it was a confident, sassy song <laughs> and influenced pop music in the following years of its release. Sassy. It's great. Yeah, well, of course, it's a black woman, so you got to say sassy. Mm-hmm. Um, again, those reviews are terrible. But that's all I could find. It's a pretty, you know, these some of these older songs, hard to find individual reviews. Shall we talk some covers and samples? Do it. Covers-wise, I mean, uh, in 1986, Weird Al included this song in his polka med- medley, Polka Party, mm-hmm. from the album Polka Party. Elvira performed the song as the opening number on for her 1986 Knott's Berry Farm Halloween Shock and Rock Spooktacular <laughs> stage show Fuck off. Uh-huh. <laughs> what a mouthful uh-huh. right? uh, of course as many people might uh, would probably know britney spears paid homage to nasty multiple times throughout her career she performed live covers of nasty and black cat on the uh, baby one more time tour uh buck cherry <laughs> sang this song live as a tribute to jackson on the mtv icon special in 2001 i don't ever want to i can't that. even imagine <laughs> You're getting nasty with cocaine. <laughs> I love the cocaine, the nasty cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's nothing better than when you break out the singing voice, I uh-huh. gotta say. And then in 2013, <sighs> covered on Glee. Yeah, of course. I don't even wanna I don't even wanna go any further. I, I hate Glee. I don't even want to talk about it. All right. As far as samples go, whosampled.com lists nasty as being sampled in 28 songs. Here are some notable ones. As usual, Girl Talk, sampling Nasty in uh, both uh, songs Give Me a Beat and Like This. Belbiv DeVoe, Let Me Know, uh, Belbiv DeVoe's Let Me Know Something contains a vocal sample of Nasty, as does the song Kick That Man by Meat Beat Manifesto. Janet herself would sample Nasty in her 12-inch United mix of Rhythm Nation. And I got to do a little callback, because I've submitted this on my own to who sampled. It's a little callback to a previous episode, Slipman. Okay. In the Morgan McVeigh B-side, Looking Good Diving with the Wild Bunch, which features Nina Cherry and is the basis for her eventual hit Buffalo Stance, mm-hmm. there's a breakdown in that song about a, in, about a minute and a half in that features 
you know, some pretty bad scratching. But at the end of that, as they go back into the chorus, there's a very nice little sample of Janet Jackson for saying nasty boys. And so uh, as they go, as they go back into the chorus, they have that little sample there. I have submitted that to whosampled.com. Look for Megamix's submission sometime in the next 10 years. Oh, well done. Yes. Thank you. Let's talk the music video. So the music video for Nasty was directed by Mary Lambert and choreographed by Paula Abdul, who was also in the video. Uh, it's notable that Abdul won the uh, MTV Video Music Award for Best Choreography in 1987 for this video. She beat out Higher Love, by uh, Steve Winwood, Open Your Heart by Madonna, Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles, and she beat out herself for When I Think of You by by Janet Jackson. Okay. So I got to well ask. Well done, Paula. Okay, so you name those four songs again, or five songs. So we got Nasty by Janet Jackson. Higher Love by Steve Winwood. Uh-huh. Open Your Heart by Madonna. Walk Like an Egyptian by the Bangles. And When I Think of You by Janet Jackson, also choreographed by Paula Abdul. What kind of choreography had to go into higher love i don't even know have I, you ever seen that video i haven't no but i can't imagine like the other four it's like i could see it right you could yeah. see yeah the choreography higher love choreography sure all right. all right anyway yeah so paul abdul wins for nasty the video itself i mean it takes place it starts out at a movie theater i guess showing a movie called nasty mm -hmm. <laughs> on the way in janet gets harassed by some dudes uh when they're in the seats one puts a hand on her knee she yells stop what I like is that there's characters on the movie screen that react. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. Janet then jumps on a stage in front of the screen, and we're off to the races. Uh, this is a dancing video. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. There so, is a lot of dancing. So I'm going to have to go there. I would call this a Michael Jackson light video. Sure, yeah. Um, very much in the same style of, of his videos where you kind of have some storyline that leads into just a ton of dancing. Absolutely, uh, Janet I mean, Jackson tried, dancing. Tried true, to, uh, you know, way to way to do it. Yeah. So there are individual dancers, and there's kind of uh, troops that yep. are dancing in here. Obviously, Janet Jackson is the centerpiece for a lot of this dancing. Uh, it is not, I think, at the same level as what you'd see in. Uh, let's say thriller or beat it in terms of the quality of the dancing, but it's so, still like super great, right? Yeah, like it's absolutely. really, really good. And like uh, we'll get into uh, ratings of the music videos, but I would say for this time, incredibly high quality. Yeah, it really it looks good. The dancing's great. She's walking down the street dancing with random folks. That's mm -hmm. that's a nice touch. Always, she gets into a classic car. She rejects a dude while giving the classic line, "Ms. Jackson, if you're nasty." There's more dancing. There's lots of trench coats. There's some ugly ass dudes at the end wearing <laughs> trench coats. One looks like the um, Lieutenant Eckhart from the Batman movie <laughs> with the mustache and the fat face. But uh, listen, Janet's look is super iconic in this video. Uh, looks great. Everybody looks great. Um, just a fantastic video to look at. Let's get right to the ratings. All right. What do you think of the video, dude? Giving the video an eight. It's just, it's a really, really well done music video. Yep. Again, I wouldn't put it in that iconic status where we've talked about like November Rain or again, Thriller or something like that. Yep. But like, this is a well done music video. Uh, it's, if you like watching people dance and you like dance troops and you like choreography, yes. uh, Janet Jackson is a superstar in this video. 
the storyline is is funny and interesting. I mean, it's mm-hmm. maybe not funny, but there are points where like she goes to the movies with her two friends. Yeah. And then she's performing and her two friends are sitting at the movie still, I guess, watching her. That's so good. And like just enjoying it and eating the popcorn. Uh, just great. Uh, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Eight out of ten. I'm also going to give it eight out of ten. Um, you know, I wouldn't have. This was not my wheelhouse in '86 as a you know nine year old. No access to videos at that point. But you know, watching it now, bit of a you know bit of a fresh look to it. Honestly, I mean, it's it's a little timeless. Um, the, the the fashions are are good. Uh, the the dancing is tremendous. I mean. You know, uh, I've seen some behind-the-scenes stills of her and Paula doing the moves, and it's like, you know, good stuff all around. Eight out of ten from me. Um, what do you think of the song? I'm gonna give the song a seven. I think it's it's one of my favorite uh, Janet Jackson songs. I'll say like, I, I like Janet Jackson, but she's certainly not kind of at the top of my list of things that I'm into when it comes to uh, '80s music. <laughs> but this is obviously a great song. It's a jam. A Jimmy yes. Jam, you might, Jimmy jam, you might you say. Might say yes. So, you know, again, I love that she wrote it. I love that she, like, she she wasn't just the mouthpiece and, and the front, oh. right? She oh. she played music in it. She wrote it. And uh, it's a great tune off of a, like, this album uh, is just a monster album, right? It is. So yeah, Control. There were seven songs that came out as singles. And yep. it's, yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah, seven out of ten. And spoiler alert, folks, it gets even better for Janet Jackson. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, coming up in, in her next album. I give it an eight. It's a monster mama jam is what I wrote. You know, I kind of slept in this song for a lot of years. And, uh, you know, kind of looking at it through a new lens, in, in looking at it through our through the cast, right? And, and like, getting the background and, and, you know, really reflecting on the career trajectory for Janet Jackson and how it went so horribly for her um, in terms of just her perception and her drop-off in the whole bullshit that went on after the Super Bowl, it gave me a new look at the song and, and to see Janet, uh, you know, with that agency and, uh, you know, writing the song, like you said, and, and performing, uh, you know, performing it and really crafting it based on something that she experienced uh, gives me a whole new uh, appreciation for it. It was, like I said, it was never right in my wheelhouse. I love Janet Jackson. I love a lot of her songs. You know what? Nasty has, has bumped up for me. I mean, I always had it kind of as a three-star song. I bumped it up to a four in my library, and I give it an eight out of ten. Love the track, and uh, I had a lot of fun uh, doing this episode. So if you want to send your thoughts about this or any songs that we've covered or any songs you'd like us to cover, and obviously if you want to correct us, yes. uh, talk a little bit about those lyrics to uh, <laughs> to Nasty. Uh, yes. Let us know your thoughts. It is superhitspodcast at gmail.com. On Instagram at Super Hits Podcast, on Twitter at Super Hits Cast, and of course our playlist is on yes. Spotify. I do not know what we're going to cover on our next show because we're probably not going to record again for two or three weeks. We got a Put lot a of shows, yeah, a lot of shows in the can that you're going to be hearing. So uh, we will be coming back though in a few short days with something great. Check out the Super Hits Podcast playlist because typically. I will plug a song in there once we know we're covering it. So that will be, that's where you'll get your teaser or your spoiler. And until next time, I am Slip with five eyes or Slip. I'm at Thanks for listening, folks. Bye.